Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, your number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the great detective of the North, Colleen. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Tyler? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. We're going to cover two anime original episodes, so we'll see if the writers had any more success than that hack. Gesho Oyama here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of bleak. We'll see. <laughs> so the first episode we are covering is episode 148, The Streetcar's Sudden Stopping Case. This originally aired on June 7th, 1999. The Conan's hint going into this case was camera case. Conan says the streetcar has stopped. Is this an accident or a case at the strange place? I think you said case like three times in the last <laughs> sentence or two. It's good. I didn't really have much of a... Oh, no. There's a lot of direct quotes. It's not a criticism. (laughs) It's just, that's the way it happened. So the episode begins with the detective boys waiting on Conan to arrive at the tram stop. He says he overslept, which is why he's ten minutes late. The kids are annoyed since the new roller coaster at Bakerland is supposed to have lengthy lines. So what I thought was funny here was both of the two episodes we're going to talk about today are, like, theme park related. There's yeah. Baker Land, and, and they go to, I think, Naturi Land in the second episode. Yeah. But neither are Tropical Land, which is what we usually, you know, think of. Yep. I had that exact same thought come to mind. How many theme parks are near these kids? I know, right? Like, this one seemed like it was in a different district, too. What with, you know, the new inspector coming on the scene. Oh, boy. Boy, are we going to have a conversation about him? I think we will. <laughs> So the streetcar arrives, and the kids are the only ones on it since it's only 5.50 a.m. They're up quite early. Hey, you gotta get to Bakerland <laughs> to get in front of everybody else. I don't think anyone else would be there by then, except for, like, the employees. Nobody else knows it exists. That's right, they're all at Tropical Land. <laughs> A fourth-year university student named Kawasaki Tetsuya then enters and mentions that the two people he's going with are late. The streetcar's operator tells Tetsuya, who appears to be a regular, that it's fine to take pictures, but he shouldn't disturb the other passengers. Rumi Shimizu then appears and tells Tetsuya that she overslept. One other photographer then arrives named Masao Hori. What do you think about these guys coming here to take pictures of trains? Or not even trains, trams. They're tra- <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it's interesting. It just made me think that, I guess, uh, Japanese universities, or... I don't know, maybe universities around the world. Like, you'll find a club for everything. Apparently, at least in the Detective Conan world. Whenever they need a plot-convenient club, they always just invent one. Yeah, I can't wait to see what else, uh, you know, comes down the pipe. The kids watch the operator and remark that it's much different than video games. You know what? I actually reviewed... Well, I didn't review it. I assigned a review of, like, a train, Japanese train simulator game. When I was running this, like, volunteer gaming site, every time we get a new writer, there, there were, like, 500 of these games releasing in this series, and they'd always send us codes. And so it kind of became, like, a rite of passage to where I would make them review the train simulator, because first off, it's pretty dull, so it gives me a good, like, uh, as an editor, it gives me a good grasp of their writing ability, if they can... Because if you can get write an interesting review on that, you're set for life. Because <laughs> you have the skills. If not, you're human. So it was always like a good test. But 
that was always the first thing I give people. I'm like, here's this train simulator. Let's see if you really want to review games. Oh, so that's where you set the bar. And okay, so in a train simulator, are you the operator? Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, you're the operator. Got to make your okay, stops, so man. Okay, so at least it's a fascinating. Like, it's the most important, or not the imp- most. Imp- it's the most interesting part, I suppose. Like, it, what if you were the passenger in a train? Yeah, simulator? there wouldn't be much to do. <laughs> Just try not to get murdered, I guess. Yeah. Conan asks Shimizu if they're going to Bakeland, but she says that they're from the Hanayama University Railroad Society and that they're going to take photos of the electric tram in action. Hori says he's going to study overseas in Germany, so he wanted to take more pictures while he's here. Shimizu then remarks that Tetsuya is a professional-level photographer, and then she makes fun of his casual attire here. He had, like, a backwards cap, and he didn't look bad. I don't know. What was this? She was a hater, Colleen. You women. Yeah, I didn't have... (laughs) I disagree with her. Like, I didn't have a problem with the way he looked. Like, he's in university. I mean, he looked like a university student. I don't know. What did you think of these... This cast of colorful characters? I thought they were hip in 1999. They look fun. Okay. Would you be their friend? Well... Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, no. I wouldn't talk to people in a train club. Come on. <laughs> I'm not that desperate for friendship. Anime fans, okay. I'll make an exception, <laughs> but railroad enthusiasts, <laughs> come on. Tetsuya then presses a button to get off the streetcar and says the best spot for taking photos is nearby. He then ties his camera case to the seat with a double knot, and he runs to the spot and gets a call from Shimizu telling him the tram has just departed. Hori and Shimizu then head to the back to take photos, and tragedy nearly occurs when the ladder that Tetsuya is taking photos on breaks, and he falls onto the tracks. Luckily, the operator, you know, this is why he gets paid the big bucks, is able to apply the emergency brake, and he stops just in time to avoid running over this guy. How lucky was him? Phew. Like, this is a professional photographer we're talking about, so we can't, you know have him get hurt i gotta say one thing that i found really funny about this episode is it was never like explained if the uh perpetrator wanted to kill him or not or if he was just like they were like well we'll just put his risk uh, his life at danger if he doesn't die that's fine but if he does die who cares yeah just collateral damage this is a real dick move to set up your other murder oh that's for. <laughs> Yes, definitely. You know, it's funny that you bring that... Well, it's not funny, but it's it's good that you bring that up because I didn't even uh, clue in that sh- that the perpetrator might have wanted to kill the... Per- like, I, I was always thinking that, you know, the operator would totally slam on the brakes or whatever, apply the emergency brake, and that would be the end of it. Like, I feel like the perpetrator realized that Tetsuya would have been safe. Like... I think at least the perpetrator thought that far, but maybe I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like, they'd never mention any ill will towards Tetsuya, so I think you're correct. But it's it's just never brought up. You never see Tetsuya go, hey, what the fuck, you almost killed me. Yeah, it would have been nice to get that at the, at the end, actually, like a apology or something. Or Tetsuya actually, you know, being a little mad about it. Like, you're right, there's nothing. Like, it's just forgotten in the second portion of this episode. Shimizu runs out, and she's glad that he's okay, and the operator admonishes him for his dangerous behavior. Tetsuya explains what happened, 
and Conan inspects the ladder and he finds some strange marks on it. He then spots an S-hook with piano wire on another post and doesn't believe it, it was an accident. Everybody gets back on the tram and they're about to leave when they spot Hori on the ground. Conan tells Tetsuya not to touch the body and for the operator to call the police as Hori is dead. So, a mysterious death calling. Yeah, he ain't calling the hospital anymore. Or the ambulance. Conan spots a lump on Hori's forehead and a wound to the back of his head. The camera case that Tetsuya tied is also stained with blood. And this is when we're introduced to Hari Show police detective Waka E. Kenji arrives and says that it appears Hori fell into the camera case when the train suddenly stopped. Kenji declares it a simple accident. And Conan tries to bet it, butt in by saying that something's strange, but Kenji just yells out, Huh? What's so strange about it? <laughs> uh, okay, so do we want to talk about this officer right now? Because <laughs> there's lots to say. Let me just uh, say this next line and then we'll get to that discussion because I feel like this sums up a lot of his issues. Kenji states that he's the future head of the crimes department and that he never assesses a problem incorrectly. The hubris on this guy, like the pure ego, he's amazing. Who is this, Shiratori? He's awesome. I I was so sad when I looked up this dude and he doesn't appear again because it seems like they put a lot of effort into making this character like... He's sure, he's kind of one note, but, like, they gave him a good personality, unlike some of those detectives that, like, don't have a name, and they just show up in one case, and you're like, well, he's never showing up again. Yeah, the cookie cutter ones? Yeah, there's enough, like, depth to him, and you'd be like, oh, this is definitely gonna be a guy, and I wonder if that was, like, originally a plan, that they'd have some, like, anime-specific characters that would reappear every once in a while, but, like, if it was just cut, and they were like, no, let's not do that, but... I, I wanted more of this dude. He was such an asshole. He's great. Well, it wouldn't be the first time we saw an anime character make it into the full proper manga story, right? Um, but yeah, I was really digging him as well. Like, this is the type of character that I love. Just, like, unapologetically <laughs> satiric. Like, I don't know. I, I can't even explain it. He, he was so good. And, of course, it doesn't hurt that he looks like inspector gadget and that is a big inspector gadget was a huge part of my childhood i don't know about anybody anybody else but yeah yeah he looks just like inspector gadget it's very funny we'll make him the the photo for uh uh for the podcast oh yes yes um did you (laughs) bother to look up the rest of his profile uh i'm not sure why because he's 28 years old and that's bothersome (laughs) That's pretty young for uh, what he looks like and to be that, like, high-ranking in a police force, huh? Okay, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I thought he was much older than that. I thought he was, like, mid-30s, maybe. Yeah, well, sorry. Okay, maybe not, like, much older, but definitely not 28. Well, that's why he's the future head of the crimes department and doesn't have it already. He's still young. And... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He was good. <laughs> He winds up asking Conan what a kid would know about such a thing, and that's when the detective boys introduce themselves as the pupils of Kogoro. I like how they're throwing around Kogoro's name as, like, a bit of a flex now, when I'm sure he would say, they are not my pupils. Yeah. (laughs) Like, when was the last time he even saw these kids? Well, Kenji's impressed by it, and he clearly, he's like, wow, they know the, the sleeping Kogoro. And he completely changes his tune, and he's like, So what's the problem, boy? (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, maybe I'll listen now. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing that they did with that because usually uh, other officers that have Kenji's personality, I can't remember his name. There was that. There's this one guy who's pretty like deadpan and dry humor type who doesn't care for Kogoro at all. So it's interesting that they decided to make him a fan. Not as much of a fanboy as... Um, I can't remember any of their names. You know, the the curly hair one? Yeah, his twin brother of? hates Kogoro. But, uh, yeah. I don't think we met the twin yet. Right. No, not yet. So Conan says that there's a lot of blood on the bottom of the camera case, but barely any at the top, where he should have hit his head. Kenji says the tram breaking likely caused it to turn over. Conan says since it was tied, it shouldn't have moved any... That's when both Conan and Tetsuya notice that it's no longer a double knot, but rather a single knot, and that there's a scratch on it as well. Kenji says that somebody must have untied the camera case, and Conan points out that it's also strange that there's a lump on his forehead when the fatal wound is on the back of his head. He then points to a large pool of blood that is more than six feet away from the camera case. Despite the evidence, Kenji still believes that it's an accident, as it's impossible to attack during the train suddenly breaking. Conan then spots Shimizu flipping her hair, and that's how he figures out the case. <laughs> that's the incriminating move. At first I didn't get it. I'm like, okay, does it have something to do with her hair? But, yeah, okay. It, it's made, like, more evident later. But, yeah, that was like, what? How did he... How did Conan see anything from Yeah, that? I rewatched that, like, ten times, and I was like, what is the hint here? <laughs> like, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> Conan points out the S-shaped hook by the post and the scratch on the camera case as to how the impossible act was pulled off. Kenji asks the operator to get to the next station so they can take everybody's testimony and the tram can be investigated. Conan says he can't use his watch to take out the detective since there's too many people around and no place to hide. Conan shows Kenji the S-hook and he says they're likely related. Kenji sees the mark on the ladder and the S-hook perfectly fits on it so it was attached to the ladder. Another policeman says that they found piano wire entangled in the tram's bumper, and it matches what is on the hook. I like how they found this and they weren't about to tell the detective, like, well, this can't be important. <laughs> right. Well, might as well bring it up now that the kid, you know, talk is talking about the S-hook. This is like that uh, that string that was in the, uh, the, the exercise bike. Yeah, very true. Well, there was a kid playing at the bumper of the tram, and he just left it there, and we just never <laughs> cleaned it up after months. What, why else would there be there? Conan shows the detective where he found it, and the marks on the other posts. Turns out the piano wire went from the ladder to around three poles, and then tied to a signpost across the tracks. That way, the, when the train would cross that mark, the ladder would fall. Kenji says this is too much for just a prank, and Conan says it's connected to the death. Kenji claims that he's figured the case out, and he tells Conan to allow him to explain how this all happened. Kenji says that Hori was murdered, and it's a possibility that Tetsuya falling off the ladder was a murder attempt as well. Kenji says that after Tetsuya fell, everybody was looking to the front, which gave the criminal the chance to attack Hori with the camera case. Hori fell into the railing afterwards which gave him the lump on his head, and then fell on the ground where the pool of blood appeared. The killer tied the knot, and then the emergency brake hit, causing Hori's body to slide and hit the camera case a second time. The person closest to him was none other than Shimizu, 
who Kenji accuses of the murder. What about this, Colleen? Defend your gender, once again murdering innocent men. Uh, I don't think I can this time around. Like, when we find out what her motive is, too, I'm just like, okay, no. <laughs> like, so at what point did you, uh, well, I guess, were you suspecting anybody? And at what point did you realize it was her? You know, I like to believe women, but she was the only person near him, so I figured it had to be her, since the conductor is conducting and, uh... <laughs> Everybody else was, like, looking up in the front, and it wasn't one of the kids. Like, she seemed like the only suspect. Okay. See, I thought, like, she was very um, suspicious to me uh, from the get-go, because she was, like, always checking her watch. And it it just seems to me, like, whenever somebody checks their watch excessively, there's a problem there with that person. Yeah, it's very very sus to be checking your watch. Who needs the time in 1999? Right. So, yeah, in real life, I'm gonna when I see somebody checking their watch like five times in a minute, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna think. I might. Are you be gonna tainted. make a citizen's arrest? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll be like, I'm Colleen, a detective. Just give them the Conan speech. Now you gotta say you're a metante. I'm a metante. I'm like, what are you talking about? Conan asks the operator for the schedule and learns that the tram passed by at 5.40, which means the piano wire was tied after that time. You know, because you can't set that up in advance if, uh, you know, another train's going to take it out. Right, that would be a waste of piano wire. Exactly. And Shimizu says she was, she was at the station at 5.54, and Conan says it's a four-kilometer distance between here and the station, Kenji says it would take about 10 minutes on a bicycle, so it is possible. Conan says Shimizu only called to make sure Tetsuyo was on the ladder, but she continues to deny the murder and asks for proof. Turns out that Kenji doesn't have any, and that's when Conan asks her how the wound to her palm and watch happened. Conan says the blood on the top of the camera case is from her hand, and asks if she will continue to deny that it's not hers after the lab testing is done. Knowing the jig is up, Shimizu admits to the crime and says she was actually discussing wedding plans with Hori. She said she wanted to go to Germany with him, but he said that she couldn't come as his father arranged a marriage for him over there. And she said it was unforgivable, so I couldn't forgive him. It was just not I think that's the de- definition of unforgivable. <laughs> yeah, she kept saying not forgiven, and I was like, yeah, we got that the first time. <laughs> So what do you think about her her jilted lover? Ugh, I mean, have some self-respect. If that's if that happens to you like okay, like whatever, eat a tub of ice cream and move on with your life. Like was that guy really worth it? He came, he seemed kind of sleazy to me. I don't know. I I was not really um all for this motive at all. Yeah, and like he was a cutie. Oh, no. Okay. Tetsuya was better. Oh. And he'd had, like, freckles or pimples or something. Not that that's a bad thing, but... Damn, anti-freckle, Colleen. We're learning a lot. No. I couldn't tell if they were freckles or not. Probably. After the ending song, Kenji congratulates the detective boys and says that he'll give them his autograph as a souvenir. I do like that Kenji was actually, like, pretty competent as a detective. As soon as, like, 
Conan gave him the hints, he was able to put it all together. I feel like that's a step above most of the detectives we see, as they usually get the hints and they're still confused. Yeah, I figured it's because he was the only, like, actual professional detective there, so, like, otherwise, like, how would this have been solved? Yeah, very true. So he hands them a sheet of paper that reads, The Detective Boys members have helped in this tram case and even solved a murder case. Sincerely yours, Wakai Kenji. So I thought that was kind of sweet, you know? He, he, like, gives them the full credit of getting the murder. So, like, I don't know. It seems like he's, while he is, like, very, like, self-absorbed and full of himself, uh, he has, like, a, a respectful side where he'll give credit where it's due. Um, you know, we saw that with Sheratori where he kind of doesn't do that even <laughs> when it is. Yeah, no, uh, Kenji's a pretty stand-up guy. Like, this is his first time and only time meeting the detective boys, and he's already giving them, like, little awards. Whereas, I think the only other time they got something from, I guess it was Megary, was, like, that one time that they, like, I don't know, they were acknowledged for helping in some sort of, um, some sort of case. But I feel like they've done a lot more, and Megary and, you know, our regular cast of police officers just don't give them enough credit yeah show some respect you know Uh, one of my notes about this episode though is like what did they do (laughs) because they they didn't even say much like so kenji gives them this credit and then i was like what did they actually participate in other than like having a reason for conan not to be with uh, Ron and Kogoro, they really had no impact on the plot. That's right. They were the only reason that Conan was there on the tram at 6 a.m. So, but they didn't actually, uh, they didn't contribute to solving the case. So now that I think about it, this might not be, you know, credit where credit's due. Well, I mean, Conan did a lot. It's not like, it would be a dick move to just credit one of them and be like, you know, the brat with the glasses, very helpful. The rest... Useless. Not so much. No, no, no. I think that's a teachable moment. It shows like, hey, this guy, Conan actually did something. You didn't. This isn't like a, you know, everybody's a winner here thing. Some tough love. All right. Colleen, anti-freckles, <laughs> anti-participation awards. Do not celebrate mediocrity. Jeez. Oh, uh, so don't celebrate this podcast, folks. No. Kenji then tells the kids that he'll see them again, which is a lie since this is the only episode he ever appears in. And then he trips on the train track. What an ending to his stint. That's perfect. And Kenan delivers quite the one-liner. He says, be careful not to fall in terms of promotion as the episode ends. I thought this was a pretty fun episode. I really liked Kenji a lot. I thought he was a pretty memorable Inspector Gadget lookalike. And I really liked his character. I think it's a real shame that he's not going to show up again. Bring him back. That's my suggestion. (laughs) Bring him back 900 episodes later. Oh, that'd be great. (laughs) We need him back. He's a really good character. Um, They really should have just had this be like a a new, new, like, just type of episode. Just a Kenji episode. Like, he's really fun. It's a shame that he's not brought back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, the episode I found was just fine for me like uh the trick was pretty interesting the motive and the cover-up on the part of the culprit was weak um but yeah kenji 
sort of made up for it. He was a pretty entertaining guest inspector. Um, and yeah, of course, Conan was fabulous as always. Yeah, like, well, this isn't the strongest episode in terms of mystery. I think it's actually like a pretty weak mystery and kind of obvious just because there's not many people that have the opportunity to. Because first off, one person falls and almost dies. The second person dies. And then you have the third person. Like, there's not much of right. a mystery there. And, you know, that kind of takes away from it a bit. But I think just as like an easy watch, it definitely delivers that. And it's not really something you're going to remember like years from now unless somebody reminds you, hey, remember that Inspector Gadget character? Be like, <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, but, you know, as... As just a, a fun watch, I think it nails it, even if it's not going to be a memorable case down the line. So, you know, for what it is, I think it's a good episode. And even though it's, you know, very much filler, um, it's a successful filler because it's fun. And, you know, as long as it's fun to watch, what's the problem? Very true. The next Conan's hint is the Common Yaiba show. And Conan says, the next case involves an amusement park. And somebody says, Officer Takagi's biggest calamity. And Kenan goes, is that so? And he's just as confused as I am, because I still don't <laughs> understand that, having watched the episode. Um, yeah. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, what what could it possibly mean? Maybe it has something to do with his dating life? I don't know, trying to take, well, Sato, I was going to say girl but sato to the amusement park i know there's an episode down the road that uh that like handles that topic but uh i don't know yeah these ending scenes are always very confusing and i can never tell if it's just like a bad fan translation or if it's just nonsense you know (laughs) i could see it being either one like um, are, are we missing something is this an inside joke that is, something... is it japanese magic you know yeah <laughs> so we move on to episode 149 the amusement park bungee jumping case this originally aired june 21st 1999 so i have to ask colleen have you ever gone bungee jumping uh nope N- that never and i never will why why, why are you being a <laughs> anti scaredy cat I yeah. would rather go skydiving than go bungee jumping. It's just not oh, for me. No. Why would you rather skydive? You're actually falling. Yeah, but you're going to fall with like an instructor and you've got a parachute. And it's more, to me, it would seem like a more enjoyable experience to be like in the air. And What if your instructor is Kenji? Would you still go? <laughs> yeah, he seems pretty capable. <laughs> Hopefully he knows when to uh, release the parachute. I don't know. But bungee jumping just does not interest me at all. I know I was kind of giving you shit, but I would never bungee jump again. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was just like, am I just being a wimp for saying this? Like, it's never been something that I was interested in doing. Yeah, like, I'd probably suck it up if, uh, like, I had a significant other that really wanted to go bungee jumping, but that is something I would have 0% of doing, like, by myself. Never, ever. Yeah. Okay, we're on the same page. Cannon says, today's event is bungee jumping, using the courage to jump. Let's solve the case. That's actually not bad of a first quote. (laughs) While standing in an amusement park, Ron is confused, and she asks Kokoro what this place is. 
Kegger said she wanted to go to land, so he took her to Nanchuri land. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. She's annoyed as she meant tropical land. And that's what, I like how they all shorten it. She's like, obviously that's what land means, Dad. <laughs> Jeez. You would know, because you're not hip. Kegura says there's no difference between them, and then he punches Conan when he says they're not even the same. <laughs> uh, tropical land strikes again. Like, weren't we just talking about this on the Kaido cast, too? Yeah, he's <laughs> going there next month. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to tropical land. I was a little um, disappointed that they didn't make a reference straight away to episode one, like to Ron and Shinichi's date, but uh, I guess it comes afterwards and after the end credits a little bit. Ron says they don't even do shoes. Shoes? Oh my god. They they don't make shoes here. That is correct. <laughs> this isn't shoe land. Ron says they don't even do shows here, but Kogura spots a common Yaiba-themed one for kids. Kogura says he'll be right back, but Conan grabs the paper he has in his hand and asks Ron why he'd have a catalog about boat racing. They then realize that Kogura just came to gamble, and what a degenerate do you have to be to watch, like, boats race? <laughs> he needs his fix. Like, I guess no horses were racing, so he's like, alright, let's go with boats. The show has Kamen Yaiba performing a Yaiba kick to defeat an enemy, and he then poses as explosions go off. Conan says this would be exciting if he was 10 years younger. So would that be like, he's not even a fetus yet? He's like, uh... He's not even a thought. This is what Conan's like, seven? Yeah. Yeah. He then notices a bored kid in the crowd that's wearing a Yaiba outfit, which he thinks is a bit odd. Ron then pulls Conan away, and he asks where Kogoro is, and she points above. Conan watches as a young girl bungee jumps and nearly hits the ground before flinging upwards. From his reaction, it seems that Conan is not a bungee jumping fan either. He's like, oh! <laughs> I, I was happy to see that. I was like, okay, Shinichi and I have the same same feelings towards this. And now you too, Tyler. So we're all here just being like not happy about bungee jumping. Yeah, great. That keeps my hopes alive that I can date Shinichi. Well, yeah. <laughs> that not that the dream? We then see Kegra struggling to climb the stairs out of fear, and we learn that he made a deal with Ron that he could watch the boat races if he bungee jumped. It was initially a joke, but Kegra took it seriously. So what a what a degenerate that he's like, you know what? I'll do this if I can watch my boat races. <laughs> Like, you know that this father-daughter relationship is not realistic. I mean, what parent would, um, what average parent would get themselves roped into this? What average parent is watching boat races? <laughs> uh, good point. The employee asks Kogura to hurry as other people are waiting, and he nearly falls off the top. He ha the, the guy up there has to pull him back as uh, he almost just went over. They put the harness on Kogura and he tells the attendant that he has a reason to jump and that's when Conan mentions that Kogura is, is afraid of heights Kogura is then strapped in and he holds the board and he says he'll jump when he wants to <laughs> I loved Ron's reaction too she's like oh really like she forgot about it and it wasn't even like a sarcastic or ironic look she just like it, she looked like she genuinely forgot so I was like oh Ron you're being so cruel but it's so funny Meanwhile, we hear a loud yell from the stage as Black Planet Man claims the world belongs to him. 
What do you think about this greater Kamenyaba universe about learning about Black Planet Man? Um, so I don't know if that's the best name for villain. Uh, I was I was pretty entertained by his signature laugh. I will say that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was just kind of interesting to see other characters from this franchise. Kagura is then let out of the bungee jump harness by the employee. That's when we see Kamen Yaiba, who comes to the top. The attendant tells him to have a great jump, and he jumps shortly after. The princess yells out, save me, Yaiba. So apparently there's also a princess that Yaiba saves during it. I wonder if in the actual Yaiba there will wind up being a princess. You mean, uh, like, Yaiba, the samurai Yaiba? Yeah. Isn't it? Well, I guess, no. What's her name? Sayoko doesn't... What's her name? No, I'm going to get her real name. Sayaka? Yeah, isn't it... Wouldn't Sayaka count? Do you think she's a princess? Is she a royalty? Uh, well, we'll find out. I mean, she's a queen, but I don't know if she's a princess, you know? We'll see. We'll find out. We also see a Yaiba dummy on a jet coaster, making Ron mention that the show is quite elaborate. During the jump, we see the restraints start to burn, and then it snaps... And Yaiba falls into the water, which seemed like a lucky thing. You're like, oh, he fell into the water. He should be fine. But 20 minutes pass, and the body still isn't found. Yeah, hopefully he uh, he knows how to hold his breath that long, or can breathe underwater. Yeah, what a talent. Hey, he didn't get this job without knowing how to do that. Kind of notices the burnt bungee cable, and he says this wasn't an accident. He realizes a mother was filming the incident with her video camera, and Yaiba's finally found in the water. However, he's dead, so Kenan relays the burnt restraint to Kogoro and tells him to call Inspector Meguri since this might be a murder case. Well, thank goodness he said that, because you know what Kogoro was thinking. Suicide. Actually, everybody was thinking it. <laughs> Meguri arrives and has Takagi gather the witnesses while Kenan sneaks off to investigate. He goes to where the body was recovered. And then he goes nearby to an area with puddles that leads to the river. He then spots the bored boy wearing a Yaiba costume and he speaks with him. And then it does this annoying thing where we don't see what Conan asked the person. And then just fast forwards to like the end of a conversation. And you're like, come on, don't hold this from us. Yeah, I figured they just didn't have time to go over it twice. Conan speaks to an employee who tells Conan it is just like he said. And that one piece is what? We learn that the boy's name is Tomohiro, and Conan has him follow along as they're going to catch the bad guy in place of Kamen Yaiba. Takagi reveals that the victim is Hasono Yuta, a 28-year-old that played Yaiba. And he does it wonderfully. Good job, Takagi. Yep. Amazing <laughs> job, Takagi. <laughs> Takagi was so important in this episode. Yeah, I think that's the one time he might show up in my notes today. <laughs> The attendant that attached the cord was Ishijima Akiyoshi, and he says he always does it and nothing was wrong at the time. We also meet Okabo Shimpei, who plays the bad guy. The princess was played by Harukawa Kanako, and then there's Utaki Wataru, who does the props and special effects for the show. Finally, we're also introduced to Fujita Saizo, who schedules the shows at Nichori Land. One thing I, I 
guess we should mention is I think that's the same company that does the uh, TV station, Cherry TV. So I guess it's their theme park. Oh, okay. Which makes sense as to why it's like a common Yaba show, because it's their TV show. Good point. It, it, that kind of sucks then that tr- it, it's not as popular as Tropical Land. <laughs> or maybe this is like the amusement park for the younger kids, and then Ron and like, I don't know, teenagers prefer Tropical Land. Well, it does have bungee jump, and that's not really something for kids. Yeah. And it has boat racing, which is for degenerates. <laughs> Definitely not for kids. <laughs> It's for all ages. Carrier asks about the Yaiba on the coaster, but learns that it was a doll as they don't have enough people. Kagero then says that it's obviously a murder case and that one of them committed the crime. The attendant mentions that Ukubo had issues with how Hasano treated the group. While Ukubo fires back, saying that Ishijima borrowed money from the deceased. It's then revealed that Hasano cornered Kaneko and that she feared him and that he treated Utaki like a servant. So everybody has a clear motive besides the executive, Vegeta. So it seems like Yaiba was a dick, Colleen. Um, okay, maybe. <laughs> I didn't really, I didn't really, uh, think of it like that, but, uh. Well, he, like, cornered this woman, and then everybody else has issues with him. And he wanted, like, we learned later that Vegeta had a reason to want him dead, too, and that's because... He basically bribed the guy to use his idea for the show, saying he'll give him money in the future off the proceeds, but then never did it. Okay. He's not a cool guy. All right. Well. Did you think he was hot? Is that why you're defending him? No, we barely saw him. <laughs> like, I have no idea what he looks Um No, it's just later on, the, ugh, the reason why the perpetrator uh, killed him, I was like, that's not a really good reason, like. Well, we'll go over it, but yeah, I guess when you lay out all of those past uh, problems, then yeah, he doesn't—he doesn't seem like a great guy anymore. Kagura points at the bungee jumping attendant Ishijima and says that he's the culprit. This disappoints Kun as he knows that Ishijima isn't the culprit. Kagura says the rubber ring broke due to an explosive, and that only Ishijima was in the position to set that up. Kone then interrupts and tells Kogoro that he'll understand if he watches a video recording of Yaiba's jump. So I guess this woman was just like, yeah, sure, take my video camera. I don't need it. Why not? You know what? Take my son, too. <laughs> uh, I love that we don't see her as well. Like, we couldn't be bothered to give her, like, a face. <laughs> so he plays the recording and Kogoro says that he believes the explosives were attached when the ring was put on and a remote detonator was used. Kone rewinds the tape to when they were put on, and Yaiba is shown touching the ring himself. Kogo remembers seeing him doing that, and Kone then shows that Yaiba has one hand open with his right, while his right hand is shut, as if he's holding the detonator himself. This opens up the possibility of suicide, which Kogo is all excited. He's like, oh, suicide? <laughs> but Conan uses his watch to knock out Kogoro in order to say that it was actually still a murder. Kogoro decides to verify everybody's alibi. Okubo was on stage playing Black Planet Man, while Kanaka was playing the princess. Itaki was prepping the special effects, and Vegeta claims he was doing paperwork. A likely story. Yeah, I'm sure you were doing paperwork, dude. 
Ishijima then brings up that Vegeta agreed to use Hasano's story in exchange for part of the profits, but was never paid. Kegaro says the video suggests that Yaiba placed the explosives there himself, but it's still murder as the one portraying common Yaiba wasn't Hasano. So he's using the costume to hide his identity, Colleen. Yeah, that was kind of um, predictable, though. Like you, you don't see the guy's face, so you don't really know who it is. I, 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 I didn't really think about it. Like, obviously, it's a, a trick that makes sense, but uh, I, I wasn't like thinking like, oh, that definitely wasn't him, the right guy jumping. Uh, I guess I'm just an, an idiot, though. No, not at all. I mean, I was the idiot. I'm just like, oh, this guy wasn't too bad. And then you're like listing off all these bad things he did. I'm like, oh, I guess I wasn't paying attention to that. Well, he was kind of handsome with the mask off. With the mask off or on? Off. You you were just swooning. It's just how we Why would I do that when I have Takagi in this episode? Kogoro says the criminal found Hasono when he was alone and made him faint. He then moved the body, which was still in costume, to the river and drowned him. The culprit then returned to the dressing room, put on the alternate costume, and did the rest of the show. He put explosives in the rubber and detonated them midair so that he'd go into the water. He swam around to the power center using a compact regulator, and then he put his normal clothes on and joined the spectators. Kegura says that the murderer was Utaki, who says it is impossible as he was prepping the explosions at the time. Utaki then asks who set off the explosives if he wasn't there, and that's when Kogoro invites Tamahiro into the room, the little kid from earlier. Tamahiro says that the Yaiba on stage wasn't the same Yaiba as before, as his movements were bad and the kick was poorly done. He'd also do a pose before every explosion where his hand was around his waist. The final pose was also different as the TV show has him with an open hand, but the theme park one normally points to the sky. And the Yaiba that day did the TV show pose instead of pointing to the sky. So I I really loved this segment just because I thought it was really cool how we got like a Yaiba super fan kid like play such a central part where like none of the adults would have picked up on this. It's something that's unique to a kid's eye and like even Conan can't pick it up because he's not an actual kid. And even though he's smart, he doesn't know all these mannerisms of like this specific Yaiba and the TV show and everything. So I thought this was a really cool use of just a little kid that happened to be there. Yeah, I appreciated this part too, but my one question is, why wasn't this the detective boys? They know just as much about the Kaiman Yaiba show as this kid probably, so I just wonder why uh, like the writers chose to blatantly ignore them and then <laughs> add this like random kid into the story. Well, see, they don't have parents that wanted to bet on boat racing. They they don't, I was going to say they don't have parents at all. They have parents. They have parents that let them go camping with some random scientist who keeps forgetting the tent. Well, he has a German accent. He's just laughing. Only in the dub. Megary puts it together and says that Utaki was using a detonator attached to his body in order to set off the explosions. Utaki asks for proof and Kogoro says it's on his feet as there should be a scar there from the explosives. Utaki refuses to let Takagi take his shoes off, and then he admits to the crime. He says Hasono pointed at him and said he could never play Yaiba. Aw, poor guy. Great reason to kill somebody. I know, what is up with these motives today? I didn't even think that Hosono made like a really rude comment. He was just like, you know, 
like you're just not up for it or whatever and then i was like okay yeah like, yeah it's just it seems like it's it just seems like uh you know a comment that um otaki could have taken to you know improve himself but no he's like oh he's disrespecting me i have to kill him and it winds up being a true statement because the kid was like man the she had the sucked ass and wasn't nearly as convincing. Well, yeah, and he's not even an honorable person because he just murdered someone over a, re- a reason like that. Yeah, and to your point, we see a flashback where Hasano tells Utaki that he just doesn't have what it takes to play Kamen Yaiba. He says that to act as a hero, you must be somebody who emanates natural authority. And, you know, while like this guy was kind of a piece of shit, he definitely had the authority. He bossed everybody around. You know, he seemed like a very confident guy, and that's what you need to play the part. So I, Colleen, am the hero of this podcast, one could say. Yeah? Um... Do oh, you want to comment on that? <laughs> Do I have to? <sighs> <laughs> no, you are absolutely the hero of this podcast. Thank you. You are the main character, you're the hero, you're whatever you want to be. You want to be the anti-hero too? You can do all you can do it all. I'm the Joker, baby. Mitaki <laughs> says that Hasano was always talking down to him, and Kegura says that with jealousy in his heart, he could never play the part of a hero. Kegura says that when Hasano pointed to the sky, it was to signify the friendship between himself and the children. How deep. <laughs> Like, I don't know if this is supposed to be, like, an like an emotional pull or anything, but it just seemed cheesy as all get out for me. None of, both of these episodes, like, the reasons for killings kind of, like, don't land at at all. No. Like, I, I get that it's, whatever, you have 24 minutes to develop all these characters and develop an original story, but could you had, have not done it better? Like, that hack can do it better. I'm sorry. Definitely. After the ending song, Kegura bemoans that he never saw the results of the boat races. Ron then says that she'll have to go to Tropical Land with a boyfriend, which panics Kegura. He goes, this isn't the detective kid. Tell me it's not him. No, it's the thief kid. Yeah, she says it's not Shinichi, and then she hugs Conan and calls him her boyfriend. And a blushing Conan thinks, well, I guess so. Oh, that's so cute. This, this is probably like my favorite part of this episode <laughs> It was cute. Uh, I thought this episode, wow, like the, I thought the main case was pretty interesting, even if the motto was really lame. I thought, like, it had a lot of fun moments, like Kogoro being scared to bungee jump was hilarious. Him taking his, you know, taking Kogoro, or taking Ron and Conan there only because he wants to be a degenerate gambler was really entertaining. I thought the kid helping solve the case was really unique and a, a fun twist. You know, like, I thought this episode had a lot going for it uh, overall, and you know, I feel like it kind of tries to hit an emotional spot that it doesn't land at all, and I think it was because the motive was so weak. But you know, regardless of that, I still think it was a pretty strong anime original. I thought the trick was, you know, you, you said it was a little on the, it's kind of obvious that it was somebody else in the uh, costume, but I still think like remote detonators and him being able to do two jobs at once while doing the play was kind of clever so i thought i thought there was a 
a decent amount of complexity to it overall. What do you think about the episode? Yeah, between the two, I think I enjoyed this one a little bit more. Um, as you said, like the Kogoro parts were just fantastic. Like I think they really played to his strengths well, and uh, like the whole setup of how how they got there to, at the amusement park and whatnot. Like I thought that was top notch, um, and it was it was very like i thought it was good that they brought up his fear of heights again like i don't remember seeing that uh i think the last time we saw that was in that uh, the swimming pool episode when kogro was actually in a very similar situation where he was like jumping off the high board or whatnot so it was nice to see it come back and sort of make it feel like okay there's actually um some kind of element to this character that is continuing and it's not just like a one-off like oh let's just give him a fear because you know we need it for this particular plot in this episode so i like that aspect um you know what i'm pretty sure that was an anime original as well yeah i think so So it's kind (laughs) of it's interesting that they because i i I didn't really recall him being having a fair height so i wonder if that's just an anime only trait that they kind of just keep bringing back either way it, it does add depth to the character and i like it yeah no it would be uh It'd be uh, useful if <laughs> if we could find out if that was in the manga or not. But uh, uh, yeah, Conan was great. Like I said, the the addition of the kid, while I enjoyed it, it also made me question why bother when you have a whole set of established characters that could have filled in this role equally as well. So, I mean, I questioned that a little bit, but it, it didn't deter from my enjoying the episode. Um, I... Uh, I also found that in this case in particular, it was like a really nice balance of uh, being sort of unsure as to where the case was going and um, sort of how the culprit did it and finding out just at the right moment who it was and how they did it. Like I was basically sort of unsure of it until the moment that we were introduced to all the characters in the um in that office space and then when we were actually watching the footage so I felt like uh that was particularly successful that it didn't feel like I was totally like clueless the entire time and when it was revealed I'm like oh how did that happen or that I um realized it too early so I think it was nice that uh at least for me I felt like that was successfully done that you kind of found out as the characters found out so yeah overall um it it was like in the grand scheme of things, I thought it was like a middle of the road type of episode, but for an anime original, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not something like super memorable because I didn't remember this case at all um, when we were, like mentioned it last week. Well, we didn't mention it last. Can't wait for that Uno episode. Hey, coming soon. Don't worry, <laughs> Uno's coming. I had the schedule all mixed We're up. We're building but... it up so much. It better be a good one. <laughs> it's not even going to be entertaining as me listing off Uno cards. <laughs> There's not much to say about Uno. I'm sorry, folks. We built it up, and I'm just a fraud. An Uno fraud. Aw, don't say that. But I, yeah, I thought it was a fun episode. So, yeah. Uh, it's funny that you said that Like neither of these are memorable because I actually remembered these ones. I didn't like not fully a hundred percent, but I was like, okay, yeah, there's one on like, you know, people who are in a train club or whatever, or train enthusiasts, and then the other one was like the yike, the bungee jump. Like for some reason, these ones stuck with me, and I don't know if it's because of those 
like really unique elements but um yeah i i totally forgot about kenji from the first episode and now i'm not going to because he he's pretty brilliant so the next counting sent is car garage and kevin says the next case is a dangerous one unlike all those other murders that are totally non-dangerous right and so uh then there's a scream that takes place he goes it's just this random guy goes (laughs) maybe it's takagi yeah it might have been takagi maybe that was maybe that was takagi's biggest calamity oh poor boy so next time on the podcast we'll be covering the truth behind the car explosion case part one and two stay tuned for uno (laughs) (laughs) so i do want to give a shout out to some of our patrons who make this podcast possible shout out to spencer young big chief mason medium-sized jeffrey ryan self william lee and we also have a new fresh-faced uh patreon tiffany thank you for signing up we appreciate all the support so shout out to all our patrons we really appreciate it we do three shows a month over at our patreon just five dollars will get you access to all kinds of content more of us talking (laughs) yes more of us talking the magic kaita rewatch podcast is coming out it'll be on next monday so if you want to listen to us talk about everybody's favorite phantom thief this is the time colleen tell people what they can expect from a common yaiba episode it's exciting isn't it a kaiman kaiman yaiba episode or kaido kid episode uh, tell people did did i say kaido kid did i say common yaiba the entire time no just that one time just like the last one Uh, (laughs) (laughs) tell people what they can expect from uh kaido kid um well uh lots of us swooning because i think you were pretty swooning as well tyler maybe was i i don't know maybe i'm just making that up but i feel like everybody feels a certain amount of respect towards kaido kid uh you can expect us being confused as to how one might be able to wear a mirror if you don't know what i'm talking about watch the episode yeah and yeah uh, just some like nice kind of kaido kid lore we find out that he has some similarities between batman so yeah lots of good stuff in there we learn his secret weakness we learn learn a lot a lot of backstory stuff it's it's a fun time so cough up that five dollars (laughs) folks or if you don't want to that's okay too that's fine too i guess way to kill kill our sales pitch calling uh we also have access we're doing the dub coverage which is really fun and then yaiba so if you if you want that non-common uh variety gosho yama used to do a samurai show so we have been watching that so far and it's been very different from Conan, but also a lot of fun so you can expect that from the patreon each month three episodes every month so be on the lookout for that if you haven't so that will do it for this episode i appreciate everybody for listening and uh uh yaiba you guys are the best (laughs) did you just say yaiba (laughs) yaiba yeah i didn't have anything i was rambling goodbye (laughs) (laughs) bye and remember one truth always prevails